Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Megan. I'm the student pastor here. And as you can tell, it's student takeover. We are so excited to be able to take over the church every couple of uh, Sundays a year. Um, and I told first service that I was going to tell y'all, like, I'm so excited because student takeover is my favorite Sunday of the year. But as I was thinking about that, I realized that's not true. I realized <laughs> that Every Sunday I get to walk into that student room is actually my favorite Sunday of the year. It is such a gift to be able to spend time with these students, to teach them, to lead them, to just be involved in their lives. And so thank you, Tim and Karen, for allowing me to be a part of these students' lives and being a part of this church. Thank you, church, for allowing me to be a part of your students' lives. It is such a blessing and honor, um, and I'm just so eternally grateful to be able to do this. And I'm so excited today. We're continuing with our Love Does series. So for those of you who were here last week, we kicked off Love Does. Um, Those of you who are in a small group, you've been going through it in your small groups. Y'all, if you're not in a small group, I encourage you sign up. Small groups are life-changing. It's where life happens day in, day out. You build community. You make friends for life in small groups. And y'all, you get to watch videos of Bob Goff, and he is phenomenal. He's like just so funny. I don't know what it is about him, um, but every time I just see his face, I laugh. (laughs) Not because he's funny looking. He's just (laughs) full of joy. (laughs) Uh, So y'all, sign up for small groups. Please get involved. Be a part of this Love Does series. It's so fun and so life-giving. Today, we're going to be talking about failure. And so I know failure is kind of a scary word, right? No one wants to admit failure. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not that fun, right? So we're going to do a little exercise to warm you guys up to this word failure, okay? Y'all in? Good. I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hand when I ask you guys a question, okay, if, if it applies to you. So raise your hand if you've ever failed a class. Okay. Oh, more than first service. Okay. We see why you come to 11 (laughs) o'clock. Raise your hand if you've ever been fired from a job. Okay. Okay. Well, y'all are the hard workers then, I guess. Raise your hand if you've ever disappointed a friend or a family member. Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand. Okay. First service didn't give me much on this one, so I'm hoping y'all... Y'all can be vulnerable. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever maybe forgot to feed your pet or your child. (laughs) Wow, yeah, okay, honest people. (laughs) Okay, and last, raise your hand if you've ever failed in your faith or your walk with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and so cat's out of the box, y'all. We all fail. Everyone fails if you look left, if you looked right. People's hands were raised, and it's okay It's okay to fail, and it takes vulnerability to admit failure, so thank you guys for being a little vulnerable and courageous this morning with me. But I want you all to hear today, there's one thing you're going to walk out of this door remembering, is that when we fail, Jesus invites us closer to him. 
that failure is okay. And when we walk a life with Christ, he invites us closer to him in the midst of failure. And as I was putting this uh, message together today, I realized I met Jesus in the midst of failure. And there's another man in the Bible, a man of many failures maybe, um, that we're going to read about today. His name's Peter. Um, And I want you all buckle in because we're going to read some scripture, okay? So we're going to read John 21, 3 through 19 and read a little little bit about Peter and some ways he's failed today. Okay, you all ready to read with me? I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Father, we are so grateful to be able to read your word. Thank you for um, just giving us scripture to be able to draw closer to you and learn more about you, Father. We ask that you bless this reading, that you just, your Holy Spirit comes and moves today, Father, that um, you just use me to speak to your church. Father, tune our hearts, our ears to hear what it is you have to say to us today. Let us be expectant to hear from you. 
Jesus, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Woo, y'all, that was a mouthful to read, huh? <laughs> thank you. Thank you for helping me along. So there's a few things I want to share with y'all um, about this scripture. One, the author of this is John. He wrote the um, book of John, and he also wrote um, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, which are great books. I encourage y'all go read them. Um, John's known as the disciple of love. And so if you noticed, he referred to himself in this passage as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Like, he didn't even say John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He just said, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I think that's awesome. Like, John knows the truth he walks in, right? It'd be like me coming up here saying, good morning, Seacoast Vineyard. I am the daughter of the King Most High. Let's get going. And you're like, well, what's her name? But like, really cool. She knows who she is. Quite unsure, but it's awesome. And I think it kind of encourages me to know the truth of who I am and whose I am and to walk boldly in that. And so that's John. But today we're going to focus on Peter. And so Peter is, (laughs) he's a very passionate man, as we see in scripture. Um, Peter, we see, goes and um, chops off servants' ears as they're going to arrest Jesus, right? We also see Peter jumping out of the boat to walk on water. He's very courageous, very adventurous. Peter is a very bold man. And so there's also something to note about this conversation happening in scripture is that Peter and Jesus are talking post-resurrection. So this is Jesus, the resurrected Jesus who beat death, who beat sin, is talking to Peter right now post-resurrection. So this is powerful. Peter's supposed to be walking with Jesus in this new life he's been given from Jesus defeating death. And then there's another question that we might ask. Why the heck now is Jesus coming after Peter? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, man, yeah, I love you, Jesus. Don't you know this? And so this brings me to my first point. If you guys want to turn your handouts over and want to track along with me. Peter had failed Jesus relationally. Right? Almost all of us in this room who were bold enough raised our hands when I asked if you've ever failed a friend or a family member. Failing in relationships is unfortunately very common for us, right? And so we see back before Jesus had died, in John 13, 38, Jesus predicts Peter's denial of him. Right? So they're having a conversation, and Jesus predicts and says, Hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, man. And Peter's like, No way. I will go to the grave for you. And Jesus said, No, no, you will deny me three times. And so because... Jesus is Jesus, and we know he knows all. We know that Peter does deny Jesus three times. And we read in John 18, 25 through 27, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, didn't I see you with him in the garden? 
Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. So here's Peter standing around a fire. They've taken Jesus away. And someone comes and asks, you know Jesus. You're one of his followers. Peter's like, no, I don't know that guy. Right? How often do we betray our friends? Do we turn our backs on our friends? And so Jesus was one of Peter's closest friends. He followed him around for years. He learned from him. He spent many, many days, hours, shed many tears with him, I'm sure, had many laughs. And he betrayed one of his closest friends. Peter had failed relationally. Peter also had failed religiously. So we see in the beginning of the Gospels, in Matthew, we see Jesus walking along the shore of Galilee. And I'm going to give you guys some trivia. So we've renamed the student ministry to the coast. And there's reason behind it. One, because we want to be tied tightly to Seacoast Vineyard. But number two is as I was reading through scripture, I found that people had very powerful encounters with Jesus along the coast. And so that's what I want our student ministry to be, a place where they have powerful encounters with Jesus. And so um, this scripture and the one we've just read in John 21 um, kind of inspired the name of the coast, just so y'all know when you have the test at the end of this sermon. Um, <laughs> but Matthew, I think they might have it for us, um, talks, tells of the calling of the first disciples. Jesus is walking along the shore of Galilee and he sees two brothers, one being Peter, out fishing, not catching any fish. If y'all take note, in Luke, he shows a very beautiful parallel of um, this story we just read in John. And then the first encounter they had with Jesus fishing. Both stories, these men are out fishing, not catching any fish in the midst of failure. And bam, Jesus shows up. And what happens? So y'all read that because we're not going there today. But Jesus calls these men and he calls Peter and he says, come, follow me. I will make you fisher of men. And what do they do? They drop their nets, they go and they follow Jesus. And Peter's chasing hard after Jesus. He's learning from him. He's praying with him. He is learning to live life with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, it goes down, right? Jesus is arrested. Peter denies Jesus. Jesus is murdered. Jesus then raises from the dead. And Peter's probably overwhelmed with emotions, Right? He's probably feeling guilt. He's probably feeling disappointed in, in himself. He's probably feeling a little amazement, but confusion at the same time. Like, what, hap what happened? What Jesus said was going to happen actually happened. Oh my goodness, is this really happening? Right? Peter was overwhelmed probably with emotion. And so what does he do? Like many of us, he turns back to his old ways. He turns back to what's comfortable, what's familiar, he goes back to fish. And it's, it's, it's really amazing because we see, we talked, we had, Jesus and Peter had this first conversation post-resurrection, right? And so Peter should be living a resurrected life in Christ at this point, but he chooses to live in his old ways. Jesus beat death for Peter to have new life, new adventure, but Peter chooses what's comfortable. 
And so, I don't know about y'all, but I know I've often turned back to my old ways after meeting Jesus. My senior year of high school, uh, it was it was a rough year, right? I was probably like you could put a big label of failure over my forehead. Um, I was failing classes. I was failing out of school. I wasn't sure if I was going to graduate. I was failing in my relationships. My father and I had a very broken relationship. I didn't have many friends because I was kind of a mean person. My sister and I weren't very close at all. I got fired from my job in high school. I was mortified. It was the end of my life because I had my cell phone out on the counter. Like I was failing and messing up left and right. Now, I ended up graduating. Praise Jesus. I didn't know what he was doing, but I graduated. But that summer, I still was trying to hide from my failures. I was still masking them. I'd go, you know, to parties or like maybe if I had a good relationship with this guy, I I was seen as successful. But really, I was just covering up all the other mess in my life. Um, And I ended up choosing to come to Coastal for college, and I moved down to South Carolina. But a lot of that was fueled out of me running from my failures, right? I can move down to South Carolina, totally forget about my life in Delaware. My, I don't talk to anybody from high school but one friend. Like, forget all of that. I don't need that. I'm going to run from my failures. But God, he is crazy, isn't he? He chases us down. And I tell you, the very first week of college, I met Jesus, and he changed my life. I remember in the midst of failure, still feeling ashamed and guilty and disappointed in myself for how I had been living. I got invited to a college ministry. And I was like, whatever, I'll go. Like, at this point, I was just doing everything, trying everything. Why not try college ministry? And I go, and I I meet some people, and they're, like, really kind to me and, like, really tried to love me. And I was like, ooh, like, you people are kind of weird. I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Like, just sit in the seat next to me, like, next to the next to me. And I remember reading the story of the prodigal son. I was like, dang, this is kind of crazy. This is my life. What is happening, Jesus? Did you write a book about me? And... I was kind of, I was like, I was honestly, I was kind of freaked out. Like, let's be real. I kind of went home. I cried and had a panic attack because I was like, this is really weird. And then a few days later, these people invited me back again. And I was like, dang, y'all are relentless, but okay, (laughs) I'll come. Why not? You know, have another, you know, breakdown. Sounds good. And I show up to this house and we broke off into small groups And we read the story of the paraplegic whose friend lowered him through the roof to get to Jesus. I don't know what it was about that story, whether it was these people, like the people I was next to and around, wanted me to meet Jesus so bad they'd do anything for me, but I lost it. I mean, I was weeping. And at this point, I didn't cry much before then. Like, I prided myself on not crying. And I'm, like, weeping and weeping. I'm, like, what is happening? What is happening? And we read, like, two sentences, and now I'm broken, and what is going on? And the the girl just looked at me, and she said, I think Jesus, you know, is is after you. I said, that's creepy. (laughs) And I'm still crying, because I'm kind of nervous, and I don't know what's happening. And finally, she was like, look, do you want to invite Jesus into your life? And I said, yes, because I don't know what else is working. 
because nothing else is working. And I invited Jesus into my life, and my life was changed. And I wish I could tell you that I met Jesus and I stopped failing, but that is not the truth at all, right? And so I continued to fail, and I found for quite some time that as I failed, I would turn back to some of my old ways, right? I disappointed a friend. Well, what do I do? I cut them off and don't talk to them. Or I skipped class. Oh, now I'm disappointed. Instead of making up my work, I'm just going to go sleep. And so I found myself turning back to old ways for quite some time, just like the disciples. But my favorite part of this story, I want you all to tune in, Um, And point number three I have for you guys is that Peter also had failed professionally. And we see Peter out fishing, right? And he's not catching any fish. And this is supposed to be his job. He grew up on a boat. He grew up fishing. He is supposed to be very, very good at fishing. But he sure isn't catching any fish, It'd be like in your job, if you have a huge project and a deadline to meet, and you normally, like, you bust them out, and you crush it, and your boss is always singing praises for you, and then all of a sudden, this, like, project comes along, and you just totally blow it and miss the deadline. You're like, I'm supposed to be good at this. Jesus had failed professionally, but Jesus shows up. Right, Jesus shows up, and the disciples realize, oh my goodness, it's Jesus. And what happens, <laughs> well, it's my favorite, it's my favorite story. I thought like I would be like less cool about it this, this time around, but no, it's still great. Because what happens is they realize it's Jesus, and what does Peter do? He like throws on his clothes, and he jumps out of the boat, because Peter is passionate, adventurous, bold, courageous. Peter jumps out of the boat and starts running to Jesus. And despite his emotions, right, because we know he's feeling overwhelmed and guilty and sad and disappointed, but he's now, see, he sees Jesus and he's taken off running. And what happens? Where's Jesus? Is Jesus standing on the shore with his hands on his hips saying, now, Peter, you failed me. You betrayed me. You denied me three times. No. No, we see Jesus cooking breakfast for the disciples. He's sitting on the beach waiting for them to come and sit with him and eat with him. And so I realized, as I was reading this, I was reading it a few, a few years ago back um, when I had first met Jesus because the um, best place to start reading the Bible, because there's so much crazy stuff in there, is the Gospels, I figured. And so I'm reading through John, and I read this story, and I'm like, Oh, I want to be like Peter, right? I want to be like Peter in the midst of my failure. I want to jump out of my boat and sprint to Jesus. And so our final fill-in today is that even in the midst of our failure, Jesus invites us to come, sit, and eat. And that simply means in the midst of our mess-ups and our mistakes, Jesus is saying, hey, come, sit with me, be with me. I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. And so like I said earlier, 
Just because I met Jesus didn't mean I stopped failing, right? Sometimes I forget to call my mom back. I hope she doesn't hear this. She's going to hear this. Or I'm late to work. How often do I snooze my alarm one too many times and I pull up to work 15, 20 minutes late and I'm like, ooh, yikes. Or even just this time last year, I was in grad school and within a month, I dropped out. That's pretty big failure, right? Or... To be, I don't, I don't know if y'all know, but to be on staff at this church, you've got to be a surfer. So I've tried surfing. <laughs> and how many times am I paddling and I'm paddling and I either miss the wave or I get up and I'm like, you got up and then I'm down and I'm d- tumbling in the sand, eating all of the sand, right? I'm still failing every day. But I've learned to welcome it. I've learned to welcome failure in my life and not run from it. Because the best part is, with Jesus on our side, it should compel us to want to risk bigger and to run harder. Knowing that when we fail and when we stumble and fall on our face, Jesus is going to say, just come, come sit with me, it's okay. It should make us want to risk bigger and run harder. And each time we fail, I think Jesus is going to say to us, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? Hey, you failed, but do you love me? And when we boldly say, yes, Jesus, I love you, he's going to say, okay, it's okay, come. Run to me, sit with me, eat with me, and we'll try again tomorrow. Because with Jesus, our opportunities are endless. And he's always going to say, okay, let's try again tomorrow. And so I want you all to think, with everything that's going on in our community Maybe things going on in your life, in your family, at work. Where are some things that you failed at maybe today or yesterday that Jesus is saying, it's okay, let's try again tomorrow. Maybe a friend called you and said, hey, I need some sandbags. And you're like, oh man, I don't have any. And they're in the back of your truck. Yeah, well, let's try again tomorrow, (laughs) right? Or maybe even just someone comes up to you and they're like just super upset and you're like, man, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what to do. I can't handle this. And you walk away. Jesus says, okay, well, we flopped, but let's try again tomorrow. And maybe this time around the friend comes up to us. We don't have to say anything and we can just sit with them, right? We can just say, come and sit. Let's be together. And so with this series of Love Does... That's the best part of it, right? Because love does is calling us to step out in love and take action. And when we do that, we're going to fail. It's going to happen. But in Christ, we're free to fail. Because what he's going to do when we flop on our face, he's going to say, okay, come sit with me and we'll go back at it tomorrow. So I want to invite our worship band back up here. Um, and we're going to spend some time in prayer together today and just kind of see what Jesus is doing. So as they're coming up, I want you all to close your eyes. For me, no one's, you know, going to release any chickens in here. Just close your eyes. And I want you all to imagine yourself in that boat with Peter. Okay, you're in the boat with Peter. And I want you to think about, 
Are you currently right now somewhere in your life in the midst of failure? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with your family or friends. Maybe it's just something personal going on in your life. Are you in the midst of failure? Are you not catching any fish? Or maybe you've recognized failure in your life, but you're running to Jesus. You're running hard to Jesus. Or maybe you're on the other side of it all and you're sitting on the beach. So I want you all to picture yourself, where are you in this moment, in this story? And now, where's Jesus? Is Jesus standing on the shore with his hands on his hips pointing at you, pointing at all of your failures and mistakes? Or is Jesus standing on the shore with his hands and arms open wide, inviting you to come and sit, have breakfast? Let's try again tomorrow. Or maybe, like we read in Matthew earlier, Jesus is calling you to come and follow him for the first time. Maybe he's been tugging at your heart. And you're feeling his presence, but you're not sure what's going on or what's happening. He's wanting you to invite him in. Because he can't invite us to come have breakfast until we've invited him to walk with us. But it takes courage to follow Jesus. It takes risk. It takes vulnerability. You have to be bold to say, yes, Jesus. I want to follow you because we're going to fail and he's going to see our failures. And so it takes courage. And so maybe you're afraid to fail. Or maybe you think you've failed one too many times for Jesus to ever want you. But that's not true, friends. And so if that's you right now, if you are on your boat and you're like, I don't know if I want to get out of this boat. And you see Jesus saying, hey, I want to be a part of your life. I want to walk life with you. And he's calling you off of that boat and to follow him and to invite him into your heart. I want you to boldly raise your hand so that I can pray for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus wants to do life with us. He wants us to fail because in failure, it draws us closer to him. So I encourage you all, whether you're still in that boat, thinking Jesus is pointing his finger at you, or if you're running hard to Jesus, be encouraged knowing that Jesus invites us to come sit and eat with him in the midst of our failure. Father, I thank you for just calling me. Father, I thank you for the opportunities you've given me. Father, I thank you for the failures in my life that have drawn me closer to you. Lord, wait, may we be a church that is bold and risk-taking not afraid to fail because we know life with you, we are free to fail. That your grace covers all failure, Father. 
Father, I thank you that no failure, mess up, mistake is too big for your love. That you're not scared by any of the mess. That you want us to just come and bring our mess and sit with you. Father, I ask that you just cover us in truth today. That we know we are not our failures. But that like John, we are the ones that you love. That we are your sons and your daughters and we are not defined by our mistakes or our failures. But we are yours and we are loved and we are wanted. So Jesus, may you just come and bring comfort to our hearts today. May you comfort the ones who have been affected by the flooding and the hurricane, Lord. It's been so amazing to watch your kingdom come in the form of our people and your people serving each other. So Father, I just ask that you continue to stir our hearts to want to love more and want to do love well. May we continue to step out in faith, chasing after you, not afraid to fail. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and it's in your mighty and wonderful name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.